0: The lead prosecutor in the double murder trial of Jamel Demons, the rapper known as YNW Melly, takes the stand to refute allegations she violated rules of the court. Plus, the father of one of the victims, YNW Juvie, returns to Sidebar to talk about the latest delay in the trial and allegations of witness tampering. Welcome to Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast, I'm Anjanette Levy. Jamel Demons, known to his fans as rapper YNW Melly, now faces a witness tampering charge. He's accused of trying to keep his ex-girlfriend, Mariah Hamilton, from testifying against him. With that happening, the court is also trying to suss out what happened with a possible Brady violation and how that could impact the trial. A Brady violation occurs when a prosecutor fails to turn over evidence that could help a person defend themselves. But let's start with a little background in the case in case you haven't been following it. Melly is accused of killing two of his best friends in Florida in 2018. Investigators say Demons was a backseat passenger in an SUV driven by Cortland Henry, who is known as YNW Bortland. Anthony Williams, known as YNW Sack Chaser, was in the front seat, and Christopher Thomas Jr., who went by YNW Juvie, was in the backseat of the car. Prosecutors say Melly shot both Thomas and Williams in the head. And then tried to stage the scene to make it look like a drive by with the help of Cortland Henry. But forensic analysts say the evidence points to someone in the car being the shooter, specifically somebody sitting in the back seat on the driver's side. A jury couldn't reach a verdict after the first trial last summer. Cortland Henry's murder trial is now scheduled for January. He does not face the possibility of the death penalty as Jamel Demons does. But Henry now has other legal trouble to deal with. He also was charged recently with witness tampering. Prosecutors say they have jailhouse phone calls that show Henry, who goes by Bortland, as I mentioned, was keeping Melly's ex-girlfriend, Mariah Hamilton, from testifying at a deposition earlier this year and later at the trial. Hamilton appeared on Sidebar recently. Take a look.
2: Why do you feel comfortable coming out now and talking about this?
0: Because I just want people to know that it's I'm not running because of like any money or anything like that. It's because I don't want to go to jail for something that I did I not I don't want to go to jail for something that I didn't do or something that I'm not a part of. Um, I just feel like people's looking at uh, my side of this they're looking at it, looking at me wrong. Hamilton, of course, is viewed as a key witness for the prosecution because Melly FaceTimed her after the shooting, according to a prior statement she gave to detectives. And new records filed in Bortland's case show that he had conversations with Mariah's mother, Felicia Holmes, via Instagram, apparently in 2020. In one of those conversations, Holmes wrote, I'm letting you know he confessed. He told everything and we know, so I'm going to the detective. In another message, Holmes wrote about her daughter, just leave her alone. You all have ruined enough lives. Let her live hers. She don't need his money. Holmes continued, she's always lived good and will continue. Melly, not the only N word with money, and at least I know she won't be harmed. He's evil and he snaked someone who didn't snake him. Karma, she could have ended Melly months ago. Melly's slow. He's talented, but he has no brains. Holmes then said, he only loyal to you for one reason, you beneficial, as soon as you stop, he'll snake you too. You may recall that Assistant State Attorney Christine Bradley treated Holmes as a hostile witness at the first trial. Holmes's story had changed from the time she spoke to police after the murders to the trial. I want to talk to you right now about this. It is Palm Pepper Spray. It's the next generation of pepper spray and a proud sponsor of Sidebar. Palm's formula provides you with the necessary range and capacity that gives you and your loved ones some peace of mind. I have my Palm right here and I do not go anywhere without it. It's always in my purse. It has a cute and sleek design you can see that's super easy to use and prevents accidental misfires. You can learn more about Palm at palmpepperspray.com and use code LAWCRIME10% for 10% off. That's code LAWCRIME10%. The new witness tampering charges are not the only new development, of course. Jury selection in Melly's case was supposed to start this week, but Judge Murphy delayed it after the defense accused the prosecution of obstructing justice. That is a crime. The defense has accused the prosecution of not turning over information that lead detective Mark Moretti had been accused of being willing to lie as he gathered evidence. This involved something that happened when Moretti seized a cell phone that belonged to Melly's mother, Jamie King. The defense is making a big request here. They're asking the judge to remove the Broward County State Attorney's Office from the case or dismiss the case entirely. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is very unlikely to happen. No judge is going to throw out a double murder case over this claim. Now, from the beginning of a hearing last Friday, you could sense tension between Judge Murphy and Melly's new attorney, James Benjamin.
2: But your motion indicates, or your response indicates, that the elected state attorney committed obstruction of justice, witness, attempted witness tampering, and a felony pursuant to eight thirty-eight.
1: Absolutely, the state
2: attorney. Absolutely, the state attorney, the elected official Harold Pryor. We have, and we have good faith belief that he's sound on this. Well, you have more than that. You're saying you have probable cause. I think there may be probable cause based on... I think prosecutor. there may be probable cause. Judge, if you uh, quibble over this, you I'm, can do that I'm and I'm do what you want. This is a serious allegation. This is a serious matter. That's right. This is an absolute serious matter I agree that everybody sat, I agree sat on that. and hid under the carpet for a year. I don't know that everybody did, but I, I do You that. don't know? So why are you asking me why I'm doing it? Because we allege it and we need to ferret it out, Your Honor. And it is a serious, but because it's serious, you don't think that Mr. Deming sitting over there isn't thinking this is a serious matter when this life is on the line or the state attorney's I office... I serious, serious charge, and, too. I'm not minimizing... It's not two. That's you. why we're here, Your Honor. With all due respect... With all due respect, it's a serious matter, but so is the allegations about corruption in the uh, state attorney's office at the highest point.
0: Now, Benjamin seemed to call out Judge Murphy, basically saying he didn't look interested in discussing this issue.
2: When there is an allegation against the lead detective a first-degree murder that he lied in front of a career prosecutor that's brought to the attention of the elected official. They can't hide under, oh, we don't review every brain grade- violation. This went all the way to the top of their office the day it happened, and they did nothing, I believe. And I believe that is, is, violates that statute. And I believe that in and of itself, based on one person's sworn testimony, is probable problem. But Your Honor, I believe, based on your body language, with your arms crossed and a scowl on your face looking at us like we did something wrong, should be much more... this is really serious. This is so serious. Assistant
0: State Attorney Michelle Boutros works for Broward County. She testified that she was in a conference room with lead detective Mark Moretti and Jamie King when Moretti wanted to seize that cell phone as he investigated her for witness tampering. Moretti wasn't in his jurisdiction, but took the phone away from King, according to Boutros. Boutros overheard Moretti ask a Broward County deputy to lie about being in the room when he served the warrant. Robert Trackman, King's attorney, was also in the room. Detective Moretti said to Deputy Morell, you need to say you were here when I served that search warrant. And it was kind of like an awkward moment. Someone described it just kind of getting punched twice in the head, so if there's a search warrant that gets served. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And then the next thing he's asking this deputy to lie for him. And again, I'm like like this is like I'm in the twilight, so I'm like, this can't really be happening. Deputy Gorell didn't say anything of any substance. I think he said, Is there anything I'm needed for anymore or something like that? I don't remember if he said anything at all. It was just a very awkward moment after Detective Moretti said that to him. And you specifically
2: remember what was said.
0: I vividly remember what I was said, yes. For their part, prosecutors said the whole exchange was a joke and irrelevant. Lead prosecutor Christine Bradley says the actual wording of what happened has been twisted.
2: You disagree with what's contained in it. I do. I do not think it is an accurate statement
0: of how I relayed the information. The first sentence indicates that the lead ASA assigned to this matter related to SAO administrators that she spoke with Detective Moretti. Oh, Sorry. I thought that's... that. she spoke with Detective Moretti in regards to this incident and that Detective Moretti explained that his statement to Deputy Garrell was a joke. Okay.
2: So is that true that Detective Moretti said to you that what he said was a joke?
0: No. What was intended to be conveyed was that Deputy Garrell, his response was flippant in nature, that that was the joking aspect of it. Jamie King filed a complaint against Mark Moretti for allegedly using force against her. When the defense found out about this, they said it was a Brady violation. Now the judge said he would rule on this at a later date and more hearings are scheduled for this week. So it's not clear when jury selection will begin at this point, but stay tuned to Law & Crime. We'll have all of these hearings covered for you. You can watch them on our YouTube channel. Joining me to discuss the very latest in this case is somebody who is a returning guest to sidebar. He is Christopher Thomas, Sr. He's the father of Christopher Thomas, Jr. Who is YNW juvie. That is how he was known uh, to music fans and to people on YouTube. Chris Thomas, Sr. Is actually known as spoon. So he said I could call him spoon. So uh, to all you YouTube viewers out there, you've seen him on his YouTube channel. Uh, and that's his nickname on there. So, uh, Chris, welcome back to sidebar. Thanks for coming back on.
1: Hey, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing okay. Uh, my question to you is how are you doing? That's really the most important question here. You know, after the mistrial that happened in the first trial and now all of this legal wrangling, that's leading to a delay in the second trial. How are you? Well,
1: uh, I'm taking it one day at a time, you know got to go through this process once again oh, Got to relive it once once again
0: the last time around um, you know it became very clear early on that we had a juror on the jury or at least uh, the state did the defense did uh, that mm-hmm. one juror who seemed to really be hanging things up and then from what we've read from the accounts that were given um, that juror was a woman who didn't really want to deliberate and wasn't going to change her mind at all, was very steadfast in in hanging that jury. Uh, When you found out about that, what were your thoughts?
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I was very disappointed because it was 11 to 1, and then she persuaded two other jurors, and seemed like somebody tampered with her or got to her or she was a hidden medley fan or something because Christina did a well enough job to convince 11 So it was almost there. We almost finished it. It was almost over. Now we got to go through it again. And that was very disappointing.
0: You mentioned the word tampering right there. Um, That's kind of a good segue into my next question. Uh, Both uh, Melly, Jamel Demons, YNW Melly, and uh, Cortland Henry, who is known as YNW Bortland, are now charged with witness tampering. And that has to do with allegations uh, surrounding what is believed to be two key witnesses in this case Mariah Hamilton the girlfriend of Melly, and Felicia Holmes the mother of Mariah and uh, there is a there's a lot of documentation on the court's website talking about this and it sounds like the prosecutors are saying there was this kind of crazy way that Melly was communicating he wasn't allowed to use the phone but he was passing notes to people and then this person's calling this person and then that person to relay these messages that Mariah should just stay put and keep doing what she's doing. Uh, when you heard about this, what did you think when you heard about the fact that they had charged both Melly and uh, Bortland with witness tampering?
1: Saying like to me, they're going through extreme measures to try to cover up or convince people not to testify like Mariah, Mariah, mom. They was using cold words like Rihanna and A$AP Rocket's baby mom, and to me, when I looked at the text messages from, I mean, Instagram message with Han Bortland, and she said like, um, "You will never, good uh, will never come to somebody because you snake somebody that never did anything to you." and my mind, instantly went to Chris, like she talking about Jude because he didn't, in that situation, I ain't saying he was an angel, but he didn't snake Melly, Melly. Chris out and for them to even go through this process, all, I'm thinking like they don't care nothing about my son. They don't care nothing about Chris. I'm like, dang, man. Felicia Holmes and Mariah Hamilton to sit there and, and be on y'all's channel and talking about juve and sack with like brothers to her and then do that to him. Man, that's an insult. It just it's just crazy. All of them, man. It, even if I know Melly it's a lot of evidence that's not going to be allowed in, but Everybody in the world know who it points to, but the people that's lying and covering up, they need to do something about them people, too. In my book, they just as guilty.
0: It was interesting at the first trial, uh, Christine Bradley uh, took a little bit of heat from the defense, obviously, but she confronted Felicia Holmes on the stand. She treated her as a, a hostile witness. She was granted that permission to do so by the court. And there were messages, even from back then, where she was talking about how they said they would take care of us, this type of thing.
1: It seemed like, before she got on the stand, it seemed like somebody must have dropped the bag, as they say. Like, she must have got paid or something to get her to change from, to go from how she was, emotional about her daughter's safety, and those messages didn't get on the stand and go total uh, uh, backwards. Something had to happen it was a, it was a 360. It was something had to happen. And she contradicted him. and everything she said on the sand, those messages is totally like it's contradicting everything she said. And in my book, I, she just wanted want a free mail and, and anything that she said, that statement that will be negative against him, she don't remember. And the daughter, she said on y'all's, y'all's channel, like basically she was letting the world know she ain't going to remember either.
0: Well, we we have uh we know what she told police back in uh twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen when this happened. And uh mm-hmm. we should let the viewers know that the prosecution does not expect Mariah Hamilton to testify in this second trial, this retrial. So they've asked the court to declare her unavailable and they want to be able to use her prior sworn statements that it was a statement to Detective Moretti. They want to be able to introduce mm-hmm. that at trial. Because they don't believe she's gonna show up. So, Chris, um, they must deem this to be a very important witness because Mellie, um, by all accounts, FaceTimed her after this happened.
1: Yep. And the mom witnessed it and she saw him. And from my understanding, that's when she saw him hiding in the bushes with the blood on him and doing that FaceTime right after then. They met up at Fredo Bang house. And that's when he changed clothes, and that's when the whole cover-up And started.
0: It was my understanding, too, on this FaceTime call that he said they were in a shooting, and so that was what was stated back then. But at trial, they're kind of saying, no, he wasn't even there. Uh, he, he wasn't. Yeah. He had switched vehicles. At least that's what they said in the first trial, that he had gotten into. It was suggested through a defense witness, the one and only defense witness, that he had gotten yeah. into that other vehicle
1: yeah they were telling me that i drove down there that morning to go like uh, identify chris body i met Moretti down there that morning other 26 and on the way down there when i talked to jamie she told me the same thing like don't talk to the media and tell them Melly wasn't there instantly my antennas went up cause i didn't understand like i knew from that on that day i knew something was up
0: You know, tell us a little bit about your son. I I, I know that we spoke the last time you were on, uh, we talked about Chris. And, Mm. you know, you you talked about your son. And I I think it's important so often the people who lose their lives in these cases, they they get lost in all of this. The talk turns about to evidence and, uh, you know, burden of proof and things like that. But this is about your son and this is about Anthony Williams. who is a son to another family. So tell us a little bit about your son, what you'd like people to know, maybe something you haven't shared with us before.
1: Chris was a son, a good friend to a lot of a lot of kids. Like a lot of them looked up to him and like he was a glue and hold a lot of that that crew together. Like he was the he was a glue. He was the one that kept everybody together. Like it wouldn't have been no tension. That's why I can understand the sack situation because he wouldn't go along with that because he ain't that type of person. Like he liked his friends. Like me and him, I had a conversation about them, and I know he loved them. He loved all of them, just like they was his blood relative, all of them. So, and Chris had, like I said before, Chris had two jobs, and like he was working at at two different locations. and Then Melly was the one to convince him to quit his job and pursue music full time. And then, last time I spoke to Chris, it was like two days before the incident, him and Melly FaceTime me. And that's the last time I saw him. Last time I spoke to him was like that same week, man. It just hurt me to, to see that, the love that he had for Melly, for Melly to do that to him. I see if it, it's, it was one of his enemies or somebody, he did something wrong or something, but the way it happened, how it happened, who did it, it just all oh, heartbreaking on both sides you know and i get jamie i know she probably hurting too because if i was in her situation and i was that, on that end i probably feel the same way so I, I ain't no animosity towards them either but i just want justice for chris simple as that yeah, you know it's been going on five there. years you know we still got to go through this again like man come on man Either way, how, how the outcome go? I just want it to be over.
0: No, I understand. So Chris
1: can finally no, rest in peace.
0: Yeah, there are certainly no winners in this. Um, obviously, Melly has a family who loves him as well, and um you, yeah, know, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's nice that you're, you know, that you're able to recognize that because you, I mean, these these cases tear people apart. It's it's awful. Um, you know, you had spoken the last time. Uh, that we spoke about this agreement about money and there was going to be this kind of deal that was being made and then i asked track about that and he denied that um that there was some type of financial deal in the works he said he would have known about that but there was some you know there were text messages at the trial discussing how you know Melly's like well i'll get the money from track and you know i'll get this money for you and there was some back and forth about the YNW Melly brand and who might be well, getting I got that for the work. I don't
1: know what track got his I don't mean to cut you off, I don't know what track got his information from, but Chris told me that. That's where I got that from. So I don't know what he talking about.
0: Well, and I I guess I just wanted to ask you about that when these text messages came out between um Sack and Melly and it talked about, you know, it seems like you guys are up to something or, you know, Melly was kind of going back to his mother and telling her to stay out of it i mean it just seems like there was all this turmoil going on and
1: yeah sack knew sack knew they were were trying to cut him out you could tell from the message he knew and when sack asked for money he he's not asking melly for none of his money sack was only asking for what he felt was his what he was entitled to because he was the ceo and like he said then was his artist like he had the name W before Melly even got out of jail. So then he get out like I said he was the face of W. He was the first to blow he just wanted to cut everybody out. So you I, can I ask anybody ask about
0: that because you said it's mm-hmm. a c he Sack said I'm the CEO. So what what did that mean as far as you knew back in that at that time?
1: From um, from far as I know, it was it was tossed up between Sack and Chris. They came up with that YNW and Jalen. Dick Green and Melly, those were four core members, not Bortland. And when everything popped off, like they was on tour, them was the only four. And then uh, Jalen left, and then that's when everything started going down. But that's how, like, in the beginning, like, everybody was, it was all love, and they was doing their thing, and everybody was room for them. They had the whole city behind them. But after this, and, like, Everybody loved Chris down there. Where, where they from? Like everybody loved Chris, and they don't. And from these text messages, regardless what's allowed in, in court, court of public opinion, we know what happened. I don't go to sleep thinking and wondering who, what's who did what to Chris. I go to sleep knowing who did what to Chris. It's just a It just now is is down to prove it in court, and it it's not a mystery to me.
0: You said that everybody loved Chris down there. Um, obviously Chris trusted Melly. There was some really graphic testimony in the last trial and that you'll have to obviously, you know, maybe you'll skip that part, but I, I don't you know, I don't know why I hate that any family has to go through that. But do you think that Chris in any way ever felt that Melly would betray him? Obviously Melly is saying he didn't do this, but do you think Chris ever felt anything but, you know, love for Melly? Was there any Thing brewing between those two or was this mostly between Sack and
1: Mellie? From my understanding like I said I talked to them a couple days before that and from what they was talking about it didn't seem like they had no tension no animosity towards each other the sack situation everybody knew about that so but Chris nobody seen that coming I know Chris didn't see it coming Chris was so comfortable I know Chris was so comfortable he took his shoes off You see them red shoes in the backseat with blood on those crest shoes. He was that comfortable. He took his shoes off. Man, nah, he ain't see it coming. Then only thing I found out new was that defensive wound with his thumb when he turned like, oh, like, nah, he ain't see it coming. Mm
0: -hmm. I was going to ask you about that because there was, they did say there was a defensive wound. So um, he would have been shot from this
1: direction. The left side. Not the drive by side.
0: Well, Chris, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share?
1: Just keep the family in your prayers. the family, Sack family, Chris and Anthony. Like if you whatever your side you own, man, just keep it to yourself, man. We don't need to hear all the negativity. Like everybody, nobody win in this situation. Like, man, God bless and man. just pray for all the families involved. I just want justice for Chris and justice for SAG and get on with our lives.
0: Chris Thomas, Sr., thank you so much, Spoon, uh, for coming back on. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be following this case closely as it moves forward. We, we appreciate your time, and, um, again, we're so sorry for your loss.
1: Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Nice for hearing, Nice to hear from you again.
0: And that's it for this edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law and Crime's YouTube channel. Remember to hit that subscribe button. I'm Jeanette Levy, and we will see you next time.